0: Well if you, if you have your Bibles and, and I really hope you do, you can turn to Ephesians chapter six we, we've really been anchoring ourselves in the lord's prayer um, for the better part of a month. Last week, um, Tanner, thank you, Tanner, had the opportunity to to preach. I was uh, on vacation with my family. Um, and so I'm thankful for Tanner. And he preached from um, the book of Luke and, and talked uh, about praying with boldness. And, and the, 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 um, the Lord's Prayer that is found in the book of Luke. And, and the Lord's Prayer ends with a, a, a unique line. Deliver us from what? Evil. What's all this evil talk? Evil. Deliver us from evil. Did you know that you face evil every single day? Did you know that? Today's passage takes us even deeper into that peace. Deeper into this evil that we face and how we're able to overcome it. So I'm going to read this whole passage. It's found in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Um, this is a famous armor of God passage. Kids, in your um, packets, there's a sheet where you can uh, color and, 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 and see the armor of God, maybe even draw a picture of the different pieces of armor and what they mean for you and I. In kids, I'm really excited. Many of you have done the Lord's Prayer Challenge. We've done, done this in adults. If, if you don't know this, I, I'll buy you a donut if that's what it takes well I really will I really will Uh, maybe a breakfast burrito we can make that happen or maybe a Starbucks or something how neat would it be if every person in our church knew the Lord's Prayer and so this morning um, one of uh, our kids here recited the Lord's Prayer to me awesome work and they were here helping with setup so um, I don't know maybe you need a dozen donuts Your parents might not love that. Um, But kids, we'd love for you to share the Lord's Prayer. You can say it to me or you can say it to Miss Becca this week or next week. And we'll make sure to get a donut to you. Parents, you can say it to me and I'll get you a donut too. Everybody said amen. Amen. Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Let's read this. It says, finally, be strong. Everybody say "Strong." strong. Be strong in your own might. No, it doesn't say that, does it? In the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the, in the strength of His might. Kids, say might. Now, give me, like, give me one of these guns. Show me, show me your, your muscles. I'm just asking for the kids. Adults, I'm not ready for that, okay? Be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. I lost my place there. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Everybody say, stand. If you have your Bibles and a pen and you like to write in your Bible, just maybe underline how many times you see that word stand. Stand against the schemes of the devil. He's got schemes. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the cosmic Powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. This is not like heaven where the angels are at. Heavenly places, this is the spiritual realm. And by the way, when it says the rulers, the authorities, it's not talking about the rulers as in the presidents or the kings or the commanders. It's talking about the spiritual realm of darkness in the heavenly places. Therefore, the Apostle Paul writes this, he says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, second time he said that, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which is, which you can extinguish the flaming darts. These darts are on fire, guys. That's what it says. Of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Everybody hold their imaginary sword. It's not a lifesaver, it's lifesaver, lifesaver. It's not one of those Star Wars things. This is a real sword. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. Supplication is just another word for prayer. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that the words may be given me to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly. As I ought to speak. Today's message is simply this life is war. How's, how's that for encouragement today? Life is war. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, give us eyes to see the war, the battle that is happening, not just up in the heavens, but all around us. And help us to see that your strength and your armor helps us stand firm and be victorious. Thank you, Jesus, that you are victorious. You've defeated death. You've defeated sin. You've defeated Satan. We may be fighting the battle, but it's already won and we win. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, be glorified in this message and in our lives. Pray this. And everybody said, Amen. So, um,. About nine weeks ago, our elders and our staff started a season of fasting and praying every single Tuesday. And we've been fasting and praying for two really specific things we feel a bit outmatched with, if you will. One is, Lord, would you provide a building for us of our own? Lord, would you show us? If the answer is no, why? Or why not? Would you prepare us? Would you, would you just speak to us around this 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 reality of a desire for a building of our own? We' turned ten years in September, and we 've been a mobile church for quite some time. The other thing that we 've been praying and fasting about is is how do we redeem technology? I was just having a conversation with someone here just about how how much the local church is' it's, it 's it, it, it's changing the way ministry done is being done is, is changing, and of course technology is having a big part of that. How do we redeem technology how do we how do we use it for means of discipleship and evangelism and not consumerism and so there's a sense as staff and elders just going okay there's a lot here let's in, let's just stay Fast and pray every Tuesday about these things. And about six weeks ago, we invited you to join us. And and I hope that you have. And if you haven't, it's not too late. This Tuesday is our final day of fasting and praying. And then our elders retreat begins on Thursday. And then we do an elder staff planning day, which we are doing next Saturday. You can pray for us. Um, And so uh, About a week and a half ago, our staff was just talking a little about what's God teaching you in this season of fasting and praying? I wonder what he's taught you. And I want to take a moment and just share one thing he's taught me. There's three or four. I'm going to just share one. This is the fast. This This is last Tuesday was my ninth Tuesday. This will be the 10th Tuesday coming up. Every single week since this began... Except one week, just one week, every single week, something in my life has just gone off the rails. And it usually happens on Tuesday, conveniently. It's happened on Wednesday a couple of times, and once on Thursday. But every single week during this season of fasting and praying, things didn't get better. Things seemingly got way overwhelming for me. And it's almost like, okay, Lord, this week we're going to fast and pray. Lord, I'm going to be honest, I'm nervous. And here's what God has taught me. Again, a few things, I'm just going to mention one. And this happened about three weeks in when I started seeing this trend. And here's what I realized. My strength is not strong enough. You think I would have learned that lesson by now. My strength is not strong enough. You know what's incredible? I think I shared this with our staff. Every single week, typically on a Tuesday, during fasting day, something happens. Whether it's personally or or in ministry, something happens that I'm just, I'm like... Lord, I, I, I don't know what to do. I'm, 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 I'm so overwhelmed. Either by the end of the day or the end of the week, the Lord has brought resolution to it. And I'm just reminded, not only is my strength not strong enough, but his strength is. It is. Do you believe that? Do do you, first of all, do you believe that your strength is not strong enough? If you don't believe that yet, guys, I'm begging you, learn that lesson so we can just move beyond this season, right? But today's passage, it begins with finding strength in the Lord. And it teaches us why we need this strength and how we walk in this strength. Now let's start with verse 10 here. Finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. I have just four short bullet points I just want to write, just mention here. Notice, it, it, the literal translation is um, be strengthened. This is not this one time find strength, you're good. Be strengthened. The Greek indicates a continual action. So you need strength for Tuesday. But then Wednesday shows up, guys, and then you need strength for that. It's as if there was this verse in the Bible that said his mercies are new every morning. And we might need those mercies. People cannot strengthen themselves. We must be empowered by his strength. (laughs) And it's continual. Notice this. Notice it's not be strengthened by the Lord. Be strengthened in the Lord. This strength is found in union with Christ. You want to know how to be strong in the Lord? It's found in union with Christ. This is why Christ said on the last night, abide in me. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. Abide in me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The strength is found in union with Christ. And the measure of this strength is the measure of God's strength. The measure of your union with Christ often is the measure of your strength that you receive, your might from the Lord. And then here's the other thing that Paul is doing. You You didn't notice this. I'm going to point you to it. Paul, who wrote this, he's drawing us back to something he's already said at the beginning of his letter to the church in Ephesus. So chapter 6, it is the very last chapter, the very last things he says. What does he say? He says, finally be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might, his might. How strong is the might of the Lord? Well, if you go back to Ephesians 1. 19 through 20, Paul says, And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe? How great is it? You can't measure it. There's no scale. There's no measuring tape. None of that can measure the strength of the Lord. Let's keep reading. It says, According to the working of His great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Ooh, did you catch that? Two things to catch there. One, what is the measure of this strength? Well, it's immeasurable. Well, what does it look like? Here's what it looks like. It is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, and it lives in you. It lives in you. And I love this. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the heavenly places. Christ is seated in the heavenly places. Risen from the dead. Today is Resurrection Sunday. Did you know that? Because every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday because he is alive. Romans 8 says he is at the right hand of God interceding for us in the heavenly places. Did you read about heavenly places in chapter 6? Did you catch that? But, but, but that's also where the, the power of darkness is in the heavenly places. You bet, and you know who's one? Your Savior, my Savior, Jesus. I don't preach. So what happens when I come back from vacation. I get really excited, guys. I haven't preached for a week. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is in you. This is the power that lives in you. This is the strength that you and I have. Do you believe that? Do you walk in that? The rest of this passage, the Apostle Paul tells us why we really need this strength and how we walk in it. So why do we need it? Well, let's look at these next couple verses. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Why do we need the Lord's strength and why is your strength not strong enough? Because this life is war. The Christian life is war. This passage, did you catch the language? the schemes of the devil wrestling that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood here you might be able to handle the person next to you in a wrestling match but that our battle is not with flesh and blood our battle is with demonic satanic powers in the heavenly places That's the language Paul uses here. And and, and you caught it as as you went on. It talks about darts that are on fire that are being shot at you. You almost can't help but stop and go, whoa, 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 wait. Is, is, Is Paul just using hyperbole here? Is he giving a metaphor that bursts the banks here? And it's just a little bit too much. Like, hey, calm down, Paul. Okay? Just calm down. We're children of God. Jesus' yoke, it's easy, it's light, there's rest. This war talk, this battle talk, seems a little much, does it? Because Jesus, what does he say? The devil is a liar. He is the father of lies. The devil is also referred to as the accuser. Jesus says he has come only to steal, to kill, that's murder, and to destroy. The Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, one of his young compadres, who he's mentoring and discipling. He says, fight the good fight. I don't know if your kids do this. My kids every now and again do this where... One of them will say something to the other that's untrue, also called a lie. And, and the one who's getting lied to, and like, you, they'll tell on them, so-and-so's telling me it's this or that, and I know that it's not, and what do we say to them? We're, you know, we're growing in patience, Ashley and Jerry. You'll get this, you'll get this. You think you're patient people now. I'll tell you what, you know nothing. Um, but we'll tell our kids, like, just, uh, do you know that that is not true? Yeah, just, okay, then, then, then then don't worry about it. Or how about when your kids accuse the other kid of doing something wrong? I was just thinking about this morning. This is what the devil does to you all day long whispering in your ears lies and lies and lies. And and it was was a lesson for me in parenting because I'm usually like, just you know that it's not true. Tell them it's not true and, and go along with it. But it can get exhausting after a while when someone is lying to you day in and day out. And the devil is doing that and he never sleeps. And he's accusing you He's calling you guilty all day long. Life is war. John Piper, one of my very favorite preachers, he has this line in one of his sermons. Until you know that life is war, you'll never know what prayer is for. Let me give you an illustration, and then we'll get to the, the prayer piece of this. I don't know if you've ever been on a cruise before. I've been on one. Those of you, you, have you been on a cruise? Raise your hand if you've been on a cruise. Okay, loud and proud. Yeah. This was pre-COVID where just we're all, you know, this is different time, okay? I <laughs> know people think differently. Okay, that's a side note, don't have time for that. Sophomore in high school, I go on a cruise my my first my only cruise so far, my mom, my brother, my sister, and myself we go on this cruise, basically all inclusive, so anything you know just you can eat anything. Um, you had to pay for milkshakes, but mom was paying for that, so I don't I wasn't paying for it anyways. So I go on this cruise it's in the eastern Caribbean it's beautiful, and i'm amazed. my mind is blown there's this phone by my bed I can you know. Pick it up. Um, Yeah, can I get a pillow? Sure. Oh, can I get a cheeseburger? Sure. Hang up the phone? You know what? I think I want fries with that. Can I get some fries? Sure. I'm walking down. Okay, there's putt putt golf for free, basketball for free, water slides for free, pool for free. We go to this place for dinner. You'd have to get nice and dressed up. They give you a menu. One of the nights, it's lobster. I'm like, is there any way I can get two lobsters? Sure. They give me the dessert menu. There's four different diver- desserts. I have a problem of being indecisive at that time. I said, is there any chance I could get this one and this one? They said, sure. I said, can we just do all four? Sure. <laughs> You've been on a cruise, right? Those of you who've been on a cruise, you get this. It's 11 o'clock at night. I think I want a cheeseburger. Sure. Okay, you get the point. It is built for your comfort, it is built for your relaxing, it is built for you to just be constantly pampered. I have a friend who works with the Coast Guard. I've never been on a Coast Guard ship before. He was telling me about it. He's telling me about his two or three month stints that he would do. And he goes out, and and uh, they don't have a phone that you can pick up and ask for a cheeseburger or a pillow. And when you go to dinner, there's no lobster. He said they did have ice cream. That's one thing. Food's not tremendously great. You go to your room. There's eight other guys in there with you. You wake up and you put on your uniform and you get a job to do. And so in his case, there were seasons where they'd go south. And and, and so what they needed to do was they were um, there to, you know, uh, make sure no cartels were coming in and things could get pretty, pretty risky. Um, he talked about how they would go, and they were part of the search and rescue at times. And so, okay, we got to be on, on point here, search and rescue, and, and we're on the phone with the course, Coast Guard in the helicopter and trying to save them. And so, you know, he's telling me about it, and he's like, yeah, when you're done with your three-month stint, you're, whew, you're, you're happy to be home because every day you show up, every day something is at stake, every day you are working. Which do you think the Christian is like, Christian life is like? Cruise ship or this battleship, this Coast Guard ship? I wonder how many of us, we view life in this cruise ship mentality. I just want to be more comfortable. I just want things to be more easier. I would like a little more of this and a little more of that. And, and our life is shaped more about our wants than our needs. Instead of this, this Coast Guard ship where you got to show up. You got to go to work. You got to be mindful. You got to be considerate. You got to work with those around you. Because there's lives that are at stake. And, and, And there's impact that is happening. When we see life as this cruise ship, you know what? It's just so nice and relaxing and fun. Your prayer life starts looking like that phone that I'd pick up. Could I have another pillow? Could I have another... Cheeseburger, could I, in our prayer lives, when we don't see that life is war, when we see life as this cruise ship, easy come, easy go, you know, just, our prayer lives look like that. They can be pretty shallow. Shallow. They can be real concerned about our wants and our desires rather than what God wants and what God desires. But when we realize that life is war, it is a battle. Lives are at stake. Our prayer lives look a little bit different. We don't have that phone that asks for a pillow. We get on our knees and say, God, my sister needs the Lord. My daughter needs the Lord. I can't do it, Lord. You've already shown me my strength's not good enough, strong enough, but yours is. I'm leaning into that. Or whatever your trial or tribulation is, we need the Lord. Until we know that life is war. This battle... We'll never know what prayer is for. And, I, and, and if there's one thing I want you to hear today, there is evil. The devil desires to destroy you, desires to kill your marriage, your kids desires to pull you off in left field, away from the Lord. And until we realize life is war, we'll never know what prayer is for. And so we are beckoned to find strength in the Lord. Now, how do we do that? I want to get to the prayer part, and so I'm going to move very quickly through the armor of God. Let me just read this. It says in verse 14, Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given to the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is The word of God. Let me just say something really short about each of these pieces of armor. The belt of truth. This is the truth of the gospel. I I have a word document on my computer and it's just called gospel Truths. And when I'm reading my Bible in my devotional time, anytime I see a truth of the gospel, I try and write the verse down and remind myself of that gospel truth. Just strap it in. Let me just share one gospel truth. Colossians 2.15 He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Him. This is speaking about Christ on the cross. That though there is a battle and though there is a war, Christ has already won. I take that gospel truth And I strap it on. I got a belt on here. Just put it in real tight. I need to be reminded of those gospel truths. That's how we fight these battles. This is how we fight the evil one. By taking the truths of the gospel and preaching them to ourselves day in and day out. The breastplate of righteousness. This is the righteousness of Christ that he has given to us so that we are able to walk in righteousness and to pursue holiness. Shoes that are ready for peace. <laughs> Romans, um, they had what were called um, hobnailed shoes. They were basically like soccer cleats. And they would put them on and it would help them stand. And did you see that, that that's, we are not marching in this passage. We are standing firm unshaken. And we've got these these shoes that is the gospel of peace that, that anchors us into the ground. The shield of faith this, this would have been a shield that was massive. It would have been the size of a door. In fact, this Greek word for shield comes from the Greek word of door. And, and it would have been covered with leather. And, and so that when a flaming dart came and hit your shield, it didn't burst into flames because it was wood and it was leather. And so it, it would extinguish the arrow. And here the shield of faith is this. It is reliance on God. It is telling yourself day in and day out, I am not strong enough, but you, Lord, are. And then you have the helmet of salvation. This is the salvation that Christ has given to us. It is the promise and hope of our eternal life that we have in Christ. And so notice, this is the armor that makes us strong. This this armor is not our armor. Notice it says the armor of the Lord. This is God's armor. And all of this has to do with our identity in Christ. To put on this armor is to put on Christ. Armor up every day, friends. Notice how the passage ends. Verses 17 through 20. And take... It says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So the sword is the word of God. Did you hear Ashley's story? Did you hear where things just changed and transformed? It's when she took God's word, which is the sword of the Spirit, and and let it speak to her and lead her. And notice this, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. He's in chains. Paul is in chains, in prison next to a Roman guard who's all armored up. And he says that I may declare the gospel boldly as I ought to speak. Let me end by just making this observation. Notice that the sword of the Spirit is God's word. Yet, Paul makes this connection between prayer and the sword of the Spirit. Did you see it? The sword of the the Spirit, which is the word of God. The next line is this. Therefore, pray in the Spirit. You want to know how to fight your battles? Fight the evil one. Don't just read God's word. Pray his word. Pray his word. Let me say it one more time. Pray his word. But notice the intensity of this four times. He either says pray or supplication. In two verses he says that. And he says at all times. In another place Paul says pray unceasingly. Life is war, friends. It is war. It is a battle. You want to know why it feels hard? Because it is hard. Your strength is not strong enough, but the Lord's is. So if you're tired, go to Christ. But remember, friends, remember our need for prayer. Pray His Word, and pray it unceasingly. When you hit a battle, Today, instead of trying to figure out how you're going to overcome it, stop and pray. Lord, show me how how you want to overcome it. Until we know that life is war, we'll never know what prayer is for. May God give us eyes to see the battle that is there. And may he give us the courage to stop and pray so that we can find strength in him. Amen? Let's, let's close our time in, in worship. Heavenly Father, thank you that your strength is stronger than this battle. Thank you that your might is greater than this war. And you've given us this armor that is yours, and you've given us prayer to call out to you, and you use that to fight this battle. And so, Lord, we praise you that the victory has already been won, that we are able to stand firm, confidently. Now, Lord, help us. Help us now to worship you and give you glory. Help us day in and day out to see the battle that is and to armor up and to come to you in prayer at all times, in all seasons, in all circumstances, knowing that you will answer. Amen.